Hello and welcome back to the Thunder Six Podcast. I am your host, Ben Kreider, and today I am joined by Nick Talbot once again. What's up, guys? It's a blessing to be back. Thanks, yeah. Ben, for the opportunity once again. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I gave him a control to do the intro last time, and nobody, that was a one-time deal. Nobody was a fan of it. I got multiple messages, including his mother, did not like uh, the intro. So I'm back at it. My grandma liked it though. His grandma liked it, but it sounds like his mom didn't. So I'm doing the intro once again today. We are going to be going over the Thunder. Jazz game that happened on Monday. Who yeah. shined in that game? And also giving you guys a preview Thunder. on the Thunder, Thunder Magic. Yeah, which is yeah. on my birthday. Which is a do we've I don't we it's been a while since we lost my birthday. Every time we lose on my birthday, I am sad, sad. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully Nick gets a good birthday present here with a Thunder win. But going into the Thunder Jazz game. Um, we were actually sitting atop the Western Conference. We were the only undefeated team sitting at 1-0. So everyone in the West was fearing us. At least that's what I would like to believe. Um, but yeah, we, we beat the Hornets in nail-biting fashion. The Jazz came in to this game after losing to the Timberwolves. And they've lost 11 in a row against the Thunder at the peak. Yeah, that streak was snapped. That was one of the most... That was the most devastating blow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so they uh, they snapped that streak. They ended up defeating us 110-109, to 109, so we barely lost. From the jump, the Thunder were really active. We started the game actually 5 of 5, and of those, um, there were four. Yeah, four of those were three balls. Al Horford hit two of them. Yep, two of them were, for, were from Al Horford. I think maybe Dort got involved there. In yeah, like Dort SGA. did make one, and SGA made one. Yeah, and the shot that wasn't a three, it was a 10-foot SGA pull-up, and we ended up taking an early 14-4 lead. And as Nick was saying, Dort and Horford, they were immediately popping um, out from three-point land. They shot two of three apiece. The Jazz, in the first quarter, they really struggled to find any sort of success from the three-point range. And they really were just straying away from it in the first quarter. They're one of the best uh, three-point shooters, three-point shooting teams in the NBA. And they only shot six three balls in that first quarter. They were just one of six compared to the Thunders, five of 13 in that first quarter. And it's a complete opposite um, then like our opener, where we were hardly even shooting the three ball at all. But even despite the Jazz not being able to hit from deep, they found success with Mike Conley. He dropped eight points in the first quarter alone, and he was able to push the Jazz back into the game. And the Thunder were only up two going in the second. The Thunder were up 24 to 22. And we were able to do a good job to contain... Uh... Gobert and and uh, Donovan in those first quarter, um, especially uh, Donovan. What was he like two of ten at halftime or something? like yeah, that? Yeah, and I will go into that. All right, well, in we a did a, we did a good job at, at, at controlling their main players. It's just some of their like their role players that we 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 kind of had a little bit of problems with in the early going. Yeah, for sure. So in the second quarter, things actually kind of remained the same, and we went on a 10-0 run with seven minutes to go. 
in that second quarter. And this is really when Dort like started elevating this game. I think in the first quarter, he hit a couple of three balls. Uh, he started like getting active inside as well. And he tacked on 13 points by halftime. So he was able to drive in, dish out. Uh, if there was no one open or he just had a good look inside, he would take that. So he was really active in that first quarter. And um, we still were really, really hot from downtown. And we shot 10 of 22 from three. And I believe it said this in the um, Thunder during the game. I think Fox Sports Oklahoma mentioned it. Only three times last season did the Thunder crack double digits from three by halftime. And we did it uh, in that game, like I said, going 10 of 22. And the Jazz attempted to return fire on those threes that we were hitting, but they just could not find any sort of stroke. They went 4 of 16 from three in the first half. That's only 25%. Pretty, pretty bad. And as Nick mentioned earlier, Mitchell, he only went 2 of 10 in halftime, and he was really just a complete non-factor in that first half. Still, with, with him struggling... The Jazz, they were still in the game. Yeah, they were sticking around. I mean, they, they did a good job at that. Um, that's Hats off to the Jazz for being able to do that, especially when one of their key players wasn't so Yeah, he wasn't fiery. doing so hot. Yeah, doing I think, so hot. I think Bojan Bogdanovic was 2 of 9 He also got that technical halftime. foul, yeah. Yeah, and there were a couple technical fouls early on. Yeah. <laughs> Those, the rest, the refs, I mean, I'm not blaming on them at all. There's, I mean, it just, just looked like we were hiring janitors out there to do. <laughs> the cleaners of the peak were out there reffing the game. There was, a, there was a bunch of stuff that they let go. It was on both sides, of course. So um, there, I don't have any complaints with that. So yeah. So um, even with Donovan struggling, the Jazz were only down three points. It was fifty-two to forty-nine at halftime. And when the third quarter hit, both teams really just seemed to flip in terms of play styles. I mean, the Jazz. They erupted early on. They went on a 17-9 run in the first three minutes of that third quarter. They put themselves uh, on a five-point lead. It was 66-61. to And the remarkable part about that run, 12 of their 17 points came off of three balls. And like we said, they were just four of 16 in that first half. So they really were able to find touch there. And... Um, Actually, when we're looking at that whole entire quarter, 21 of their 35 points came from the three. So they hit seven threes in that third quarter. And of those who really showed up, Bojan Bogdanovic, he was 2-9 and nine in that first half, but he really ticked his production up. He had 14 points in that quarter. It seemed like he really could not miss. But one thing that was a little bit surprising, like, Bogdanovich found his stroke from three. It seemed like a lot of guys found stroke from three. Mitchell really did not do that. He was only three of 16 by the end of the third quarter. So he was absolutely frigid. And the yeah, reason... Yeah, cold. Yeah, the reason? Lou Dort, man. Lou Dort, that guy is... He, he played hard and um, like, a, like a beast. What, what did he hold him to? 31% in that, in that series? In, in what? In the, James in the Harden? Run. Yeah, James Harden. Oh, the, yeah. I mean, that guy, that guy's he, he gives me reminders of Andre Roberson when it comes to defense. I mean, he, he has he has some sparks there on defense. But it's nice to have a way, a player that can that can play both sides of the ball um, like Lou Dort can. Yeah, absolutely. So he was completely locking Mitchell up. 
There were tons and tons of screens being thrown at Dort's way, but he was somehow able to get around them in those first three quarters and contest Mitchell fairly well. So for the Thunder, they were not really hitting many threes in that third quarter. They found most of their scoring um, opportunities inside. 24 of their 35 points in the third quarter came from the paint, and they only dropped 16 points in the first half in the paint. So the fact that they were able to tick it up so much, drop 24 points in the paint there, it's kind of uh, ridiculous. So they played well in their respective areas. Both teams did. Both dropping 35 points apiece. The score was still a three-point lead for the Thunder. It was 87 to 84 entering the fourth and the fourth was really highlighted by just a ton of runs the thunder started the quarter on an eight to two run that put them up 95 to 86 but the jazz they bounced right back with a 7-0 run to close that gap to just two points it was 95 to 93 thunder they got a on a run right after that they scored five and five straight so seven point lead with seven to go for the Thunder. But this was when the Jazz really started going crazy in the high pick and rolls. And part of it is credit to Coach Quinn Snyder. That guy's he knows what he's doing. Um and he's good at drawn up plays. So that that's hats off to Quinn Snyder there for uh, some of that momentum uh that that the Jazz got there in that in that game in the yeah. late in the late stages. Yeah, so really what was going on, Gobert was setting a ton of screens up top just throughout the game. But there wasn't a ton of success until the fourth quarter. What ended up happening was, at least this is what I'd like to believe, Dort, he was exhausted, I would think, having to ping pong around one or two screens every single possession on defense. Eventually, Gobert's strength just caught up to him. And guys like Bogdanovich, I mean, Bogdanovich really in the fourth was not as much of a factor. But really, Donovan Mitchell was the guy who started going off. And Mitchell was getting freed up. And guys down low, like Al Horford, he was not playing any sort of help defense on these screens. Yeah, so We need to do a better job at coming up on those screens. That's just basic basketball. You'd, yeah. th- you'd think it would be, but, I mean, obviously it wasn't. Yeah, so, I mean, there really was, there really was not any help from Horford there. And as Nick said, I mean, he believes it's kind of a basic part of the game. Maybe Mark Dagnall um, kind of wanted Horford down there. But I think after, you know, so many screens, maybe an adjustment was necessary. It didn't happen. And Mitchell was finally able to get a ton of good looks. He made an impact. He was piling on mid-range shots. And he actually dug the Jazz out of that seven-point hole I was talking about. And the Jazz actually took back the lead with just over five minutes to go in the game. And what happened with those five minutes? Really, there was a four four-minute chess match between Donovan Mitchell and SGA. Both of those two players really accounted for all the points from the five-minute mark really to the last, I'd say, minute 30 left. So, I mean, Mitchell, he was still beasting on screens. SGA was finding his way inside. And there was actually a specific play. He was able to do like a no-look pass to George Hill inside. He had like a one-foot flip shot that went in absolute miracle so that was ridiculous but what ended up happening there was like a standstill with two minutes to go jazz were up 109 to 108 seemed like that score would never 
really move as time was ticking down, but Pandemonium broke with 118 to go in the fourth. Basley got rejected on a layup. SGA got that um, got that ball off the rejection. He put up like an 18-foot jumper. Offensive rebound for George Hill, and Lou Dort was wide open at the wing, and George Hill found him. That thing went in, man. Dort- See, that, that's what I like about George Hill is he's able to find the open man, and that's something that that that, that it, it's, it comes with a uh, with with time and and uh, noticing and like late game situations. You know what you're looking for, and obviously George uh, Hill knew that he had his man wide open in the corner, Mister Reliable Thunder Money Ball Cha Ching. He yeah, in this game, Dort was definitely reliable from three, so he caught it. He hesitated for a second, and then he popped it. The Jazz guys were not trying to go up on him. He ended up hitting it. So the Thunder were up 110-109 to 109 with, I believe, just like a minute to go. And the Jazz missed their shot um, off of, you know, that inbound. The Thunder got the ball back with like 40 seconds to go. And they could have gone for a two-for-one situation. And I know Nick and I were kind of debating about this. I mean, personally, here's the thing. The way that Mitchell was freeing himself open off these screens, I was really scared that I I thought really Mitchell was in the zone and he was going to be able to hit a shot. I wanted to just get a a shot up there early on uh, so we could get the ball again. If it went in... um. You know, that's great for us. We have like a three or four point lead and it makes it a lot harder for the Jazz. If we miss, we still get the ball back and we get a second opportunity. The last thing we wanted to do was give the Jazz an opportunity to just take it uh, right then and there. And what ended up happening, we really ran down the whole entire shot clock. Kind of a waste of possession. SJ was trying to ISO, nothing was really working for him. So he had to kick it to George Hill at the top of the key. It was like a it was a really deep three and it was contested. He had to jack it up with like half a second left. Yeah, it was it was rough. Yeah. To obviously, say the least, yeah. it was rough. I mean, I had a couple choice words that I said yeah. to the TV, but we can't go into that now at this point, but Yeah. So I mean it was pretty frustrating. I think, you know, we could have ran a set player, just pushed the pace. The play we got there was not what we wanted. So the Jazz got the ball back with 15 seconds left, and they drew up a nice play. It was really just a one-on-one, Mitchell on Dort. Dort was completely gassed, so Mitchell kind of was able to just brute force his way inside. He put up a two-foot layup, and it dropped. So with seven seconds to go... Donovan Time Mitchell, yeah, Donovan Mitchell put them up 110-109. and this is where it got heated. I mean, yeah. I, I was I was pacing in front of the TV yeah. screen. I don't know about you, but when when I mean I, these close games, they get to you. Yeah, There's something about them. I mean, you, you're hoping. I, I don't know. I don't know the words I'm looking for, but it's just hard to watch. Like it's kind of like you got to look away because and like you just don't want to know what comes next. Yeah, for sure, and. Really what happened, it was a pretty anticlimactic play. I hate to downplay it, but we get the ball in with seven to go. It goes to Al Horford of all people, which is a little <laughs> bit surprising. But Al Horford was able to dish it off to SGA. Um, SGA kind of was pausing for a sec. He drove in the paint, and there was like a, a whole sea of jazz defenders. He had an off-balance layup. 
<laughs> he left it. It was a terrible shot. Well, I mean, it was coming out of a timeout. That's what we got. Yeah. I don't know how I'm coming out of a timeout. Coach Dagonall's like, "Hey, Al, you're going to be getting the ball. Uh, hold the ball for three seconds and give it off to Shea and let Shea work with three seconds to go." That just, I don't know. I yeah, I think the Jazz had some really good defense, so we couldn't get our set off. We kind of had that, you know, makeshift play with SGA having to drive in. He was off balance. I mean, he flipped it up, hit the backboard, ended up falling short. So the Jazz just barely got by 110 to 109. So just going over like some of the key players in this game. I think first off, we need to mention Lou Dort. He had 26 points on 9 of 11 shooting, 5 of 7 from 3, 2 boards, an assist, and two steals in 32 minutes. What did you like? From I, I liked – he just needs to work on that hesitation. Um, for me, I mean, he kind of – he looked a little bit discouraged after he shot that air ball in the second quarter. <laughs> um, that was a little bit of a, of a rough spot. Um, but I'm glad he, he found his stroke again. Um, he didn't want the air ball. I know that uh, last season that was something with him. When he, when he didn't do good, he kind of took that as a deterrent. And this year, uh, it looks like he's he's not losing it as much. and It's not getting to his head as much. I mean, we all have our, our bad shots and our heat check shots like he had there. Um, it, but I'm just glad to see that, that he didn't get discouraged and he continued to stay and play the, the brand of basketball that he, he knows how to play. Uh, he made his shots. He did a good job, absolute stellar job defensively for the majority of the game. Um, I, I'm just proud of the kid, and I think he can be something bright. Um, that 26 points was a uh, career high in the regular season. Um, yeah, we know that he dropped 30 points in that game seven. Uh, Fox Sports, yeah, Oklahoma. Fox Sports kept hyping it up uh, like it was his, his like career, career, career yeah. high, but it was like his season career high. Yeah. Um, regular season. Um, I love the efficiency from three. That five was seven was beautiful. Um, 32 minutes. That's efficient playing. Uh, nine of 11 is efficient as well. That's 81%. So that's something I like to see. Yeah, that's that was a great game from him. And I think really what I saw, he was just way more aggressive on offense. I think really the big knock on him in the season opener, he was just extremely passive. He was kind of just sitting in the corner the majority of the game. And if he got the ball, he was not trying to shoot it. Like he would try to drive in or kick it out or something. I mean, he was jacking it up pretty much every time. So it was a really good sign. And, I mean, he does hesitate a bit in defenses. I mean, you really never know what you're getting from Dort from downtown. So it makes sense why originally they're kind of sagging off on him. And they're a little bit weary even when he is hot just because of the inconsistency. But he kept making them pay. And once these players on the Jazz start playing up on him again, that's when the lane opens up, and we know Dort is very good inside, so he was able to take it inside, and I mean, we know how strong Dort is. He's pretty much like a linebacker. He's a wrecking ball compared to the guys he's playing against, so he's able to bully his way inside and get some nice layups in. I think he had like a Euro step. Personally, I thought he traveled on this play, but I mean, he's just able to like push people around. He pushes people around, gets this step in to make the Euro step, and that was, then has a wide open look. So he was aggressive inside from outside. He wasn't straying away from shooting. Really just an excellent performance from him. And 9 of 11 shooting and 5 of 7 from 3, like Nick said. 
so so efficient. I mean, his only two misses were from that three, and one of them yeah. was, was that air ball. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's that's stellar that he's able to make his shots like that at, at, at the volume and consistency that he's making them at. Yeah, for sure. And I think I mean, just covering the offense, he was such a bright spot for us. We haven't even gone into the defense having a guard Mitchell really this whole entire game and doing so well. I mean, it's ridiculous. He was getting screen set on him. Really, every second he was on the court. So over 32 minutes, he was running into Go Bears brick walls. <laughs> I mean, Royce O'Neal was throwing some every once in a while. He was still able to contest. And sometimes he did have to go under the screen and, like, he did leave his guys open. But I'd say, like, 80% of the time, Dort had a really good contest. And this is on like a one-on-two situation because there was not much help. Yeah, I mean, Al Horford, he didn't do a good job <laughs> coming up when uh, Rudy Gobert was putting his body into Lou Dort's side. I mean, I wish, like I said earlier, that's something that's fundamental basketball. Uh, watching the tape, I hope Al notices that that's something he needs to work on, especially if when the Thunder do play the Jazz uh, in a couple weeks, months, whenever it is. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, yeah, whenever our next meeting with the Jazz is. The next dude that we want to talk about, SGA, he had 23 points, three rebounds, seven assists in 36 minutes. He dropped um, on shooting. He was nine for 21, one of seven from the three-point range. I just want to say, I think at the beginning, SGA was doing a really good job staying around the perimeter. I think that he was just trying to drive inside and force things in that first game. And even though it was successful, I did talk about how, I mean, Gobert is a completely different player than Biombo. So going inside is going to be a, li- a little bit harder. He somehow was figuring things out. Like he was getting down low and like shooting 10 foot jumpers. So good on him for that. But eventually the Jazz were picking up on these things and really just attacking inside was getting a bit outdated. We know how swarmed he was on that final play. And that's kind of how things were. The whole game. Well, well I think I mean the majority. I mean, I think in the back end of the second half, he was kind of getting really contested when he was driving inside. So he needed to like expand his range, and he did shoot seven threes. So good on him for that. That's tied for the most on the team, but they just weren't dropping. So I like that he was trying to shoot the ball. Um, it just kind of stinks that he wasn't able to hit any from there. Driving inside, he still was doing a good job finding guys. I think there were multiple opportunities where he elected to pass the ball to like a dude right next to him as opposed to a wide open man at the top of the key. I think just it comes with experience really, you know, remembering where matchups are and where the holes in the defense are. He didn't find them all the time. And I think he would have had easily 10 assists if he made a bit smarter decisions passing. What do you think? I think that uh, overall, it's just, I mean, SGA, he has the talent. And I don't know. I mean, it's rough to watch, uh, especially in those late game scenarios. That's, that's. I mean, coming out of the timeout, I don't blame him at all for that shot. Um, I just think that. Just rough to watch. I mean, yeah, yeah, that one for seven. That, one, wasn't for, that one for seven. It's just hard to watch, especially when we know he has the talent. Uh, he's proven his talent in the past. He's a young guy, though. Um, I that one is seven. It's just, uh, I mean, a little, I wish little bit of a deterrent, like you're it, saying. It was, it's a, it's a deterrent for sure. Um, I think that um, throughout overall, he can be a better player than what he showed tonight. 
Um, like you said, the one of seven um, shooting just uh, yeah. from three. Nine of 21 overall. That's kind of an efficient night, but he made all his free throws four of four. He did have that seven assists, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he was moving the ball. It's not like he gave up or anything. It's just I have he just needs to maybe maybe just hit some of those shots from outside. Yeah, hit well, some of those shots. I mean, take take a couple more shots in practice. Yeah, uh, like a, it's just rough. I mean, there's nothing we can really do about it, but yeah. So hopefully going in that magic game, he's able to hit a bit more from three. Next dude, we want to talk about Darius Baisley. Now he put up nine points, eleven rebounds on three of eight shooting. He was two of four from three point uh, land. With Baisley, I was kind of shocked to see that he wasn't like more of a playmaker. Nick and I were kind of expecting him to have a huge role tonight as like a ball handler. Yeah, because we, Royce O'Neal's tiny dude. He's small. I don't. There's something that I don't know if it was with Coach Dagnall and uh, with Darius uh, that like something went on or something, but. <laughs> I don't know. It just he wasn't he wasn't getting the looks that he should have been getting. Um, I think that we should have been fed, feeding him the ball down low because um, that's an easy that's an easy size advantage. Royce, like we said, Royce and Neil six four. Yeah, my boy uh, Darius, he's like he's six, six foot eight, six eight, six nine, something like that, and just back him down. That's easy. <laughs> that would have been points in the basket instead of SGA maybe jacking up all those threes. Uh, maybe I mean, give a couple more to Baisley. Maybe, maybe he could have gotten that that a double double or something by uh, passing the ball a bit more to him. Passing the ball a little bit more and uh, making them shots. That would have been nice to see. Yeah, I think with Baisley, I mean, he was camped in the corner majority of the game. I would have liked him as more of a playmaker. Like he did have times where he looked extremely good on Royce O'Neal. I mean, there was one or two plays in particular where he was actually taking it on on O'Neal, and he did a really solid job he should have got more chances there sadly he wasn't given them so he just had to shoot from three two for four on threes not bad whatsoever from the twos uh he was one of four one of those was in the late stages of the game he ended up getting rejected i think he was just having a four stuff i wish he was a little bit more of a ball handler in this game it was nice to see him with 11 rebounds, though. He's really active there. He's, like, tipping the rebounds around 10 times until he caught it. So, good on him for that. With George Hill. Dude, I love I love George Hill. Yeah. I don't know about you, but he's one of my favorite on this team right now. Yeah, he's already becoming a fan favorite with Nick. He had 14 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. He shot 5 of 13. He was 0-4 from 3 and 25 minutes with George Hill. He really was more of a presence on the outside in the opener. I believe he was four for four. Yeah, it was four. He was perfect. Yeah. He's four or four on threes in this game. Um, he was oh four. So just complete he's taking a step back. Yeah. Complete step back. And but, like I said, it's, it's consistency that, that I'd like to see. Yeah. I think, um, that step back, obviously that hurts, but he was still able to find, some rhythm like inside he was able like to take an inch of space and find an open shot somehow like i told you about that one foot layup he hit i mean he really wasn't even looking at the basket he just already knew where the hoop was he flips it up and in and then he just driving in he's able to squeeze through defenders break through that wall of people and able to convert so even though he wasn't hitting from three i mean still tacking on 
Um, 14 points. That's really solid. Just one other person I do want to bring up. Poku. He only played 14 minutes and he was 0 of 2 on the field. Was, was there something like... I don't... Why did, why did he not get played more? I mean... Well, I here's the thing with him. Obviously... I mean, he's young. He's a, he's so. a, well, he's a taller guy, and I don't maybe like Rudy Gobert or something. But then well, Rudy Gobert would just destroy him. He needs to gain some weight. Yeah, so over time will gain weight. But he was really caught ball watching a couple times, and Bogdanovich was heating up. That was really when Poku was in the game, and that was his matchup. So really, what coach's, coach's decision? Yeah, Poku was ball watching too much. It led to a couple threes. Um, for Bogdan, and they end up being pretty pivotal parts of the game because they only won by a single point. Actually, I do think Mike Muscala we should bring up for a second, though, because he was shooting really just from the three uh, majority of the game. He shot one of seven to start the night. I think just, yeah, I think he started one of five from three. In the fourth quarter, that's when he hit two threes in a row. So he was able to get a bit hot there. With Mike Muscala, I mean, he's been really, really consistent throughout the preseason in that and in the opener. So it was a bit frustrating to see those shots not fall from early. He did pick it up and go 3-7 from the three-point range. So, I mean, with him, he's a really trusty guy from out there. It just wasn't hitting, so... They were open shots. You really can't knock them for that because three of seven's not too, too terrible. I don't know. I just think with him, he's a big part of our offense off the bench. It would have been nice to see a bit more from him. And I think you even mentioned Kenrich Williams with me a bit earlier. Yeah, I did. I was I was more than impressed. Uh, he only played 11 minutes, um, but he was two or three shooting. He had a, had a rebound. Uh, you mentioned like the energy that he was bringing. He brought energy. I mean, that's what I like to see when, when especially these these bench players, when they come out and they they show some spark to the guys who are already on the court. I think that's a that's a positive thing, um, and I love seeing that from the young guy. Um, he only played eleven minutes. I wish he played a little bit more. Um, so he was a, he was a good production off the bench, um, and he did good. And I I think he did good on his time on the court. What about you? Yeah, I sure think so as well. Really, with him, I mean, he even like told media this like he's more of like a glue guy like he's throw him out on the court whatever you want him to do he's gonna do it today it was really just all about the hustle I think he had some sort of save at one point in this game and really hustle off the bench was a big part I think uh Teo Maladon he like was on the he was on the ground fighting for a rebound he he ends up like pulling it from a jazz defender and throwing it to Poku that led to a super sweet fast break yeah Hustle was just a major factor, and Williams really is a positive with just how much effort and energy he does bring. And I, I do think Diallo is another person worth mentioning. I know I said a second ago, this is the last person I want to talk about. There are a couple more people I do want to talk about. Diallo, 3 of 7, he was trying to take things over a bit in the early stages. Of the <laughs> I, I don't like that. I mean, Hamadou, I mean, you're a young man. You got to know your spot on the team. Some of those shots were atrocious. Um, he did have one of his own putbacks, though. Uh, he did yeah. have a putback that was nice. Um, he just needs to know. He just needs to know where he, where he's supposed to be on the court and know what his role is. And I don't think his role should be leading our team in the, in the <laughs> early think, in the early part or the late part of the game. I think he's he should be more of a uh, just like a role player instead of 
trying to think that it's all about me, 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 me. It needs to be like that. That's the that's a little bit of a pessimistic view on Diallo. I think personally, if I was comparing Diallo to last game, I'd say it was a bit better because he was trying to pass the ball. In the opener, he was kind of just creating havoc between Maladon and him. Maladon and him were having terrible spacing issues. Kind of got patched up today. And I do think he was trying to take it ISO a bit too much. But he was a, he was successful. Like, getting his own boards and putting it back up, like Nick said. Just skying up a rebound. He is a hustle player. And he wasn't as bad as I imagined he'd be on the decent defensive side of things. I had Jordan Clarkson versus him as a key matchup and he didn't do that bad on him. I think um what was it? Jordan Clarkson, he had 16 points on 5 of 10 shooting, but he really did not seem like as big of a player as he really was on the stat sheet. So I think Diallo did a nice job silencing him just a little bit. So going into the key takeaways from this game, number one, it's got to be you know we need screens. Some help. Yeah, we need I help mean that screens. was that was a sad. Uh, I mean I hate to keep throwing shade at Al Horford for this, but man, you got it's fun. Like I said this three times now. It's fundamental basketball. If you're getting if your guy's going to set a screen, you got to be there to help. I mean, there's no question about it because that just it just messes everybody up, and it's 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 fundamental. It's basic basketball, and I don't know I don't know why. Uh, Al felt <laughs> he felt the need to stay felt back. The need to stay back. It's just like, come on, man. I mean, I'd rather give up a. I mean, a two. I mean, I'd rather let like a guy maybe come sneaking back door. Yeah. Um, and then then have a guy wide open from ten feet away from the basket. Yeah, um, for that's, sure. That's just my opinion, but I'll let, I'll I'll say. Do you have anything to say on that one? Yeah, I yeah. do think on the screens. Maybe early on it was cool with Horford staying back, but as the fatigue kind of set in for some of these guards, I think Horford did kind of have the obligation of stepping up and trying to help. At least hedging on these screens would have been nice. No, he just stayed back. He and, just chilled. He just yeah, and, and and he just camped in the paint the whole game. I mean, there was times where he was in the paint for for twenty two out of the twenty four seconds on the shot clock. He just stepped out every ten seconds to make sure he didn't get a five second call. <laughs> yeah, so he was trying to stay down there. I think even Muscala at times when he was out there, he yeah. was playing back. But they did need a little bit of help. I think Dort, you know, he did need some help, and he just didn't have it. Maybe you can run like a small ball ball lineup with like Isaiah Roby or something. Yeah, Roby didn't even play today. Yeah, he didn't touch the court, and he was good as a four and a five in the preseason, but we just haven't seen him yet. I know Gobert's like a bigger matchup, so maybe it'd just be forget the screens, let's dump it down low to him. But I think it may have been a nice like test for him, just throw it out there for a bit because Horford just does not have the speed to really go up there on screens i guess that's why he stayed so far back and is really what ended up costing us this game so many of their points really in the end were off of the high pick and rolls now the second thing i think we need to keep the ball outside we had the most success early on when we were shooting threes i mean we had 10 threes in that first half and we just then, need to stick to it yeah we kind of hit the brakes on shooting threes and attacking the basket now It didn't seem that bad originally in that third quarter because we did have 24 points in the paint. But like in the fourth, when they started to clog up the lane, we couldn't really fall back on that three anymore. And it hurt us a ton. I think 
if we can just keep things going outside from three. You got to keep the fire there. Yeah. When you already have fire, I mean, you're trying to stay warm. You don't want to put it out. I mean, that just makes the flames go away and it gets cold again. You just want to keep going to it, keep adding the wood, keep building on that fire to keep it going. Yeah, um, I think what what were you getting at? I think you were getting at you want uh, you want us to stay hot from three. I want us to if if something's working with us, I want to keep going with what's working. Yeah, I mean, in the first half we were shooting darn near fifty percent from three. Um, and if if you're already doing that good, I mean, just keep going with it, keep building on that fire, and keep going. That's I just wish yeah. that we did that more, but I'm just a fan at home and not a coach, so. Yeah, I think that, I mean, they did show that success, but when it came down the wire, you got to be able to go back to that three, and Dort was consistent, but the other guys, not really so much. So I think we do need to try to keep things outside for the most part, because if we are hitting, it really brings all the court open. I mean, we can drive in, do all that kind of stuff, and they can't pack the paint entirely and uh, really have no consequences to it. Now... The third point that we want to bring up, it's keeping the ball movement up. A lot of the drives that we had ended up getting stalled, and I mentioned the SGA drives where he gets to the paint, and then he has two defenders on him. Just jacks up something. Well, yeah, he either jacks something up or gives it to a dude right next to him <laughs> when there's a guy at the top of the key, and it's guys it's like... Wide open. Yeah, it's guys like shoot. Horford yeah, or actually, Muscala. actually made shots earlier in the game, but... Yeah. I think I think he's gonna learn that watching tape and uh, like you said, keep the ball moving. I think George Hill might be able to mentor him in that. Uh, area. Yeah, I mean that's something that comes with time. Uh, he's a young player. I just like to see the ball movement. Uh, keep the assist up. We did a good job. We had like twenty some odd assists tonight. Um, we did a good job moving the ball. Uh, I just like to see it like uh, it's like a hot potato at some point. Like if if something's not there, go to the next man instead of trying to force uh, unnecessary. Uh, unnecessary errors. stuff yeah and I, we had a couple errors on passes that we need to work on so uh yeah and, and i think that there were a lot of like isolation plays that were getting called where they're just going really nowhere when there's things like that happening just keep the ball moving we can find an open shot somewhere so yeah i just i just say if you can't get something immediately off an isolation find something else keep making those extra passes you will find some success now, going into tomorrow's game. Well, actually, today's. Today, oh, today's, yeah. Yeah, going into today's game, OKC Thunder, obviously, just coming off that heart-crushing loss. We're coming in 1-1, one and one, not first in the standings anymore. <laughs> we're we're, not. But we are playing the Kings of the East right now, the Orlando Magic. 3-0. and They're 3-0. and So They beat the Wizards twice, and really? they beat the, uh, the Heat. Yeah, so, I mean, they're hot right now. We just came off that kind of disappointing loss right there. But, yeah, for the Magic, they do have a decent amount of guys out. They have Jonathan Isaac, Al Farouk Aminu, and James Ennis out and, for their squad. Yeah, and for the Thunder, we're uh, still missing Ty Jerome for some unknown reason. Um, and, of course, Trevor Ariza, he's still dealing with those issues off the court. Yeah, um, and, so and Ty, get... Jer- Ty Jerome, just to clarify, he is dealing with a strain of some strain, sort. Strain, yeah. So I, I, um, I hope Trevor's uh, issues. Uh, I hope your issues get solved quick, and uh, Ty get healed up, buddy. Can't wait to have you on the court and uh, join our offense. Yeah, for sure. And for the team leaders, um, on the point side of things, SGA is leading us right now. He's averaging twenty four rebounds. You got Horford and then SGA with nine. 
And for, and for Orlando, you have Terrence Ross. That's an unusual one. He's leading their their uh, points department right now. He has 23.3 uh, rebounds. Nikola Vucevic, uh, 12. And uh, assists, you have Anthony. 44.7. I mean, that's not sad, but... That's uh, not really that sad. I mean, it's Cole Anthony. He's a rookie. Cole, I mean, he's a rookie, but 4.7 assists is all you're getting. And uh, Ben, what... what I got a question for you. What do you think your key matchups are going to be for this game? Uh, no, ahead. no doubt. I think it's got to be SGA versus Cole Anthony right now. I mean, Cole Anthony, he's looking like a bright spot for the Magic right now as a rookie. But we know SGA, he's kind of a budding star right now. So I think yeah. the matchup will be really cool to watch. Yeah, I can't. You got guys one. like Markel Fultz as well, so you can group them in there too. But I just think that SGA kind of overmatches both of those guys. I think that SGA will be fairly successful. We know driving in has not been an issue. And I'm not really raving about Fultz's or Anthony's perimeter defense at the moment. So I do think that SGA will have some open looks really from everywhere on the court. It's just a matter of if he is able to capitalize. And I think on defense, this will be a great test for SGA anyways. Fultz and Anthony, they're both solid point guards. I think we saw like some clip uh trending around like instagram or whatever cole anthony quote unquote like broke lamello balls ankles really was not a crazy dribble move but he can handle the rock a bit same with Fultz. i think it's a good test for sga and just another one i think um secretly maybe poku could do well in this game because there are three small forwards out for this magic squad poku basely possibly basely too but i think with poku like Coming off the bench with him, he has not scored yet, I don't believe. He has not made any NBA uh, points yet. He was 0-6 in the first game. And 0-2 tonight or uh, something like that. Yeah, he was 0-2 in the last game. So uh, for him, I think maybe this is the game he's able to break out on. You have Terrence Ross as your main small forward. But your second stringer, you have Dwayne Bacon. And he's really more of a shooting guard anyways. So you know I think, what? You know what I think what? I'm going to be doing during tomorrow's game? What? During my birthday? I'm going to request some bacon to eat while watching <laughs> bacon play on the court. Because bacon sounds darn good right now. Yeah, okay. That's the birthday wish. N- not even winning the game. It's got to be the bacon. It's the bacon. I got to have my uh, my uh, my uh, J- yeah. Jimmy John Farms or whatever. The, the bacon. The bacon. You got to get the bacon. The bacon. So with Dwayne Bacon, there's an obviously there's obviously like a mismatch there. Poku is a gigantic compared to him. Uh, Poku's adequately fast for his size, so I do think maybe even like strength wise, Poku could match up with him. He could be in the post, and if you run lineups with Poku at the three, I mean they're really struggling to have any sort of players at the three spot right now. So it's just an absolute green light there. I mean, you could see guys like Fournier moving up to small forward as well, but they really just have some issues at the moment at that three spot. So maybe you could even bring Dord in there as he's played at times at the small forward. He can continue the success with that 26-point outing. And then with Baisley as well. I mean, he's at the power forward, and you have Aaron Gordon matched up on him. I do think Aaron Gordon's one of the more athletic power forwards in the NBA right now, though. So it is a good test for him. I think if Baisley does blow by, Gordon does possess the burst to go for chase down blocks and such. So I think it's going to be a good uh, matchup 
with him. And even you could take it to Al Horford and Vucevic. Vucevic has secretly been one of the like top 10 centers in the NBA for the past like three seasons. Two, three years, yeah. I mean, it's quiet things that he does. It's the small things uh, that definitely do help the Magic at that center position. Uh, I, I mean, Al Horford, I mean, playing against him, it's going to be another – I mean, two back-to-back nights of being pushed around by a big guy. It's going to be a rough one. Yeah, but Horford has been a little bit sluggish and coming off. It comes with age, too. He's like 35 years He's old. He's 34 so. years old. Yeah, yeah so 34. on that second game of a back-to-back, we could see some more fatigue from him. And, and we could be seeing some players, maybe new some New players, more, some fresh Roby, faces. I think we might be seeing Roby, possibly. You want to see uh, Justin Jackson? I want to see Justin Jackson. You did. I want to, I want to see. Uh, I want to see Frank Jackson, too. Oh, well, that's not going to happen. Sadly, but yeah, yeah, maybe we see some fresh faces with this second game of the back-to-back. But I don't know, man. I think with Vucevic, he can stretch the floor a bit. So if they are setting screens, Horford will need to step up on his guy. And that's why that was one of the takeaways we had. Like, come on, dude. At least hedge a couple times, you know? Yeah, I mean, at least, like, move your feet or something. Uh, I mean, he took, he took steps backwards. He didn't take steps forwards. And I think that's something that my boy, a Big Al, needs to be doing. Um, is it's just I I hope they watch the tape from uh I hope they watch the tape tomorrow and they notice that because uh, that was a it was it wasn't just like one or two times it was like yeah majority of the game he was he was playing back yeah, and so. I do think that will need to be fixed because Vucevic is kind of a stretch big of some sorts Terrence Ross I'm a bit surprised to see him averaging 23 a game aren't you I'm more than shocked I mean I honestly I don't watch much Magic basketball or wherever he's been in the past. But he's um, like he's like been a rotational piece. He's, yeah, he's kind of been like a role player most of his career. I mean, he's never been like a star of a team or anything like leading a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, to me, that's that's really surprising, uh, and that's just another guy that Thunder need to watch out to. So uh, I can't wait to see how that goes. Yeah, um, I I think with Ross, he he's had times where he's dropped like fifty points before in his career, and he's been he has hyped his up. Sparks, yeah, yeah, and I think like coming into his NBA career when he got picked by the Raptors. People are raving him as like a shot creator, and he has been a shot creator, but he really just hasn't been given like a huge role. With so many small forwards gone, you got Ennis, you got Aminu, and obviously Isaac is gone for the rest of the year. It gives Ross a big opportunity, and so far he has shined in those three games. He's going to be a threat from really everywhere. It's not like he has a huge hole anywhere on offense, so we will need to bring it um, on him. And guys like Fournier have... I think at least two out of these three games, he played really, really solid for them. So those two wings, you should be watching out for, I believe. What is the score prediction, you think, for this game? I mean, we're playing with uh, one of the, I mean, I guess right now they are ranked number one in the East team. Uh, unfortunately, I do think it's going to be a Thunder defeat once again. Unfortunately, um, we play uh, the Magic again in a couple, I think, what are we playing on the second? Um, so this time I think it's kind of going to be like uh, getting a feel of the magic. Uh, my score prediction is going to be 118, 104 magic. Wow. So a 14 point. I mean, magic it's, win. it's coming off the back to back. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Terrence Ross, that's going to be concerning. Um, I mean, there's just Vucevic yeah, with Horford. Vucevic, that's just going to be, I don't know how it's going to be handled. Um, Al Horford, I mean, if, if, he, if he steps up on screens and stuff like that, it might be a little bit closer. Um, I just don't see the Thunder winning this game. Hashtag tank for Cade Cunningham. He's all on the train. I think everyone is. I, I want Cade Cunningham too, but it's focusing on like this game. I think coming off this back-to-back, 
it will take a toll. I think Dort, where maybe we don't see as much energy from him on defense. With Dort, though, I mean, he's always bringing a ton of energy. So it's not like you're going to see him as like a super bad defender uh, in tonight's game or anything. But I don't know. I do think a lot of these dudes will be at 80%. I think Dort played 30-plus. SGA played 30-plus. Baisley played 30-plus. We might be seeing some more of uh, – like, like, like we said earlier, we're going to be seeing some players off the bench who we didn't get to see tonight. Um, maybe maybe like Poku. Poku. I, I think we'll be seeing more Poku. That might, be, that might be something that uh, Coach Dagonault was thinking about is tomorrow's matchup. Uh, we might get more Kenrick in there, Kenrick Williams. We might see him more. He only played 11 minutes tonight. Poku played 14, I think you said. Um, so I, I think that might be a little bit of a coaching uh, decision too uh, on the back-to-back and uh, being able to utilize those players uh, more often tomorrow or for tonight's game. Um, yeah. So. so just kind of, you know, you get all those guys, that huge burst in yesterday's game versus the Jazz and the Magic. Maybe you limit them a bit. On minutes, I think we do play like in two days. Anyways, we only have one day off, so yeah, we play Stephen Adams. He's coming back home for the first time. Yeah, so we're gonna have this huge like. I think there's gonna be huge fatigue. This may be one of the rest days for some of these Thunder guys. But yeah, we're gonna see a lot of different guys in and out of the rotations. I believe in this game. If I were to give a score projection, I mean the Magic have been scoring one ten in all three of their games, and they dropped. 120 in one of the Wizards games and 130 in the other. I think really, I'm going to guess that they scored like 99 points. This is like a really, really low scoring game. Uh, I don't know why, man. Personally, I just think this is going to be one of the lower scoring games. I think with us, it's going to be 99 to 93. The Magic are going to pull this one out. And the reason that they are able to win this one, I mean, the Thunder, they're completely gassed right now. And the Magic, they have had some time off, so they're entering the peak with a bit of energy. They're going to have all the guys, uh, I think, pretty solid. Dort is a super good defender, so I think guys like Ross and Fournier will be limited a ton. I think the people who really should be breaking out for them are guys like Vucevic, and I think Fultz and Anthony maybe collectively might drop a solid amount of points. I don't expect either of them to be dropping like 25-plus, but I don't know. I think one there's going to be one surprising dude on the Magic that carries them to their victory. So yeah, they barely sneak this one out, 99 to 93. But other than that, guys, um, that is it for that's gonna do it for us yeah, tonight. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Today. We thank you all for listening, and we cannot wait for you guys to tune in next time. See ya. You guys take care.